The following podcast is a W2M Network partnership production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. You are now listening to The Football Five, only on the W2M Network. Welcome to The Football Five. we got the whole crew here tonight, alongside Eric Watkins, Dylan Golden, Joshua Laurie, Rachel McCrigger. I'm Stephen Err. So let's go over the final scores from Week 16. We are down to one week left in the NFL regular season. Thursday night, the Eagles beat the Giants 24-19. On Sunday, the Dolphins clinched the playoff spot by beating the Bills 34-31. Falcons beat the Panthers 30-16. The Redskins beat the Bears 41-21. The Browns picked up a win over the Chargers 20-17. The Packers beat the Vikings 38-25. The Jaguars beat the Titans 38-17. Patriots pummeled the Jets 41-3. The Reds beat the Colts 33-25. Saints upset the Bucks 31-24. The 49ers Snap their losing streak over the Rams, 22-21. Cardinals going to Seattle, beat the Seahawks, 34-31. The Texans beat the Bengals, 12-10. The Stullers beat the Ravens, 31-27 on Christmas Day. Sunday night, Christmas night, the Chiefs beat the Broncos, 33-10. And Monday night, my Dallas Cowboys beat the Detroit Lions, 42-21. So pretty much the whole playoff seating is almost set. There's just the right, who's going to get the 2-5 seed, the Raiders and the Chiefs. And in the NFC, we got the Lions, the Bucks, the Packers, and pretty much that's it right there. So now it's time to talk which teams were a little bit overhyped here. Eric has two of them, and I can understand why he picked these two teams. Okay, first, let me apologize for my first team because for the first five, six weeks of the season, I was singing the praises of what was thought to be this generation's purple people eaters in the Minnesota Vikings defense. Yes, it was glorious. Their defensive line was getting to quarterbacks. And Sam Bradford, being Sam Bradford, was serviceable enough to get them to a 5-0 and start. Well, Sam Bradford was still Sam Bradford. That's been evident throughout pretty much the rest of the season doesn't do well in uh, keeping control of the ball, not so good on throws, and then when the defense got figured out as time went on, their front four less and less powerful as more teams started to run on them and use short passes. Their linebacking core secondary became less and less inefficient, and here we are. So, huge mea culpa because I thought something was going to come of it. Lo and behold, no. Now for my second team, they have a shot at going nine and seven. They're not in the playoffs, but still nine and seven is a respectable season. The two opinions on this team were, yes, they could go back. Yes, they could still be dominant. Yes, they can make the playoffs and do all these wonderful things. And then the other opinion, which I personally held, 
they weren't going to go anywhere. Six in ten at best and completely fall off a cliff. And that's the Denver Broncos. They were hyped one of two different ways. Nobody saw what this season turned out to be, which, surprisingly enough, even with Trevor Simeon, right in the middle. So, it just shows, yeah, I'm wrong about a few different things. Hey, I mean, for Denver, it's just the way they manhandled the Panthers that really gave us that impression they'd come back and continue to be dominant. Because, and we've said this a number of times, statistically, Peyton Manning was the worst player to start as a quarterback in the Super Bowl ever. Not the worst quarterback to win, the worst quarterback to play in that game. But True, and then saying something with Craig Morton back in the 70s. Exactly. But the defense was out of this world. But you know what happens after you win a championship? Your free agents get paid. And they lost a couple of pieces on the defensive line, so they can't be that dominant thing. Also, we should have known the offense was in trouble from the jump when they first brought in Mark Sanchez to be starting quarterback. Okay, When you're starting from Mark Sanchez as your starting quarterback at any point in the season, in 2016 or beyond, you are not going to be a playoff team. That's just a fact, okay? The butt fumble has ruined him. It's like the curse of the Bambino for the Jets and him and his career. Nothing good happens after that. Yeah, completely right on that one. And it just, I actually had to shudder when I thought Mark Sanchez. And I mean, I guess the one reason also on that similar vein was Trevor Simeon. I mean, this isn't a guy known for his stellar quarterback play at Northwestern. No, this is a guy who tried to get the team to unionize and tried to start that whole big core case of why college athletes should be getting paid, which is a topic for another show. So I'm thinking to myself, even though Peyton Manning was terrible and Father Time sacked him a couple too many times, they weren't going to be improving much. And surprisingly, they still found some ways to hold their own, which I really didn't expect. Yo, you guys are making this too difficult for yourselves. C.J. Anderson going out, period. True. The one reason I would say that Denver was overhyped is because the way they started the season. They were 7-3. and three. They're three games away from, possibly two games away from AFC West title. And they're going to finish, at best, 8-8. Eight and eight. Wow. Wow. I don't know. I can't explain what happened. I'm not a Broncos fan. I don't pay attention to the Broncos. I don't care about the Broncos. But, but the thing is, wow. if you looked at the games and cared, you would have seen that they were sneaking out these wins. And... They've done that all of last season. At some point, you're going to return to the mean on doing that and winning those nail-biters. It happens in every sport. Well, it's very important to understand and know here. First of all, we mentioned this before, they did lose a, lot, a couple key pieces on defense that didn't help, knowing the fact that they already weren't going to have one of the better offenses in the league. Then they lose C.J. Anderson, who was putting up good numbers for them and was really the bright spot for that offense. You go to Devontae Booker, who had a couple nice games, but that offensive line just didn't do Denver any good. And while Trevor Simeon was certainly not the one of the best, 
he could have been decent had he had a better offensive line, and that's also why Devontae Booker was not able to pr- be productive. So, for I mean, first of all, we got to look. They did lose a couple pieces on defense, but they still had one of the better ones this year. But the offense just wasn't just wasn't going to be enough, even with a really, really dominant defense that they had last year. It is the offensive line not having a C.J. Anderson-type running back. It definitely did not help, and that's why they're heading for a, a best 9-7 and seven season this year. The whole team just wasn't good enough. Like, I think the only part that was fairly consistent was special teams, and shout-out to the high altitude for that. But there's like there was no consistency. Quarterbacking was terrible. Defense was terrible. Run game was terrible. Just everything. And and I think you have to look at it, too. Some of that falls on um, Kubiak is the head coach, right? Yeah, Coach Kubiak. That falls on him, too. Especially being an ex-quarterback and dealing with John Elway and what you did with the Texans. I mean, come on. That. Yeah. You, 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 Kubiak, you know. Yeah, but you, you just said what you did with the Texans. The Texans never had an inspiring quarterback play. There were a couple of good years from Matt Schwab, but aside from that, I mean, think about the circle of clowns that are continuing to take, set up under center for the Texans. But that's even post-Kubiak, and I'll have to agree. I'm going to throw a couple of tires on that the quarterback fire, but Kubiak was able to at least piece something, but then again, he did have one healthy guy, so I might have to shut my mouth a little bit. I still think Trevor Simeon was, he was fine, and he actually yeah, he, had he some didn't, pretty good games. He's not yeah. the reason that they were bad, and it's actually oh, no. the, the defense no, actually he... played pretty well for what it was. I'm just telling you, I'm straight up telling you guys, last year you do not realize how vital and, and think about it, he almost went to the Dolphins. He almost went to the Dolphins, and maybe we would have never known Jay Ajay, but I'm just saying, like, C.J. Anderson was such a vital guy to that team, and we saw it last year with Melvin Gordon. Not every running back, it doesn't matter what your offensive line is, No matter every, not every running back comes out looking like Zeke. Sometimes they take a year like Melvin Gordon, and maybe that's what's going to happen to Devontae Booker. But... They were okay with C.J. Anderson. They were still winning games. When he goes out, that offense changed completely, and a lot of it was put on Trevor Simeon. Hey, that that's where he's that might be the biggest thing, but it's not the only thing. I mean, if everything else was in place, the loss of C.J. Anderson would have put them at a solid wild card team still. You can agree with me on that. This, I do. Hold on, but there, it's not like they – for some of these games, it's not like they lost by – they're not getting blown out every single one of these games well, here. Yeah, but because of how good their defense is, they never were going to get blown out. But their defense had to be – couldn't be a top five defense. It had to be the best defense for them to win the Super Bowl last year and to be that competitive team they were because of the lack of pieces they have on the offensive side, especially at the quarterback position. And riddle me this. Can we not at least make something of a comparison that the Broncos are like the AFC's version of the Giants? No. 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 Their, co- no. their coach does not get confused by the cover two. 
The Broncos don't have a speedy wide receiver like Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, Manuel Sanders is pretty good, but he's not as fast. And now there's Demarius Thomas. I mean, yeah, but it wasn't ever going to be a perfect approximation of the team. I mean, there's only one Odell Beckham. That's why he is so ridiculously good. And we also put up with his antics like proposing to a kicking net. Hey, the Nets said yes. They had a fight. They hugged it out. Come on. That, now. The, 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 I, I don't want my star if I've ever had a star player on my team proposing to a freaking net. I would be like, we got to trade him and get something. We got to get a first round pick for this guy because he's going to lose his mind in like three years. Well, I would rather have him proposing to a kicking net than shooting themselves in the leg. <laughs> I would take the shooting self in the leg because that's not anybody who's going to go insane they just might go to jail for a year or two oh, oh god i can still have a player who comes back you can have an nfl player who's an ex-con there are plenty of them you can't have an nfl player who is out of his mind crazy so it appears what we can't figure out what the hell happened to denver this year they started seven and three they lost they won a few close games lost a few close games got blown up by the patriots lost by 10 to the titans it's just the Broncos are the puzzle that nobody can put together. But there's another team that, uh, uh, Eric, yeah, I hope you have the champagne ready, cork popped and everything. There's another <laughs> team that, that every, every, everybody, and I should have done it too, everybody is overhyped this year. Carolina Panthers, good God. What the, what the why? Wait, wait, wait. Now, now, we can just go ahead and bring it back to the front. Our good friend Steven here decided to say that uh, Cam Newton and his boys would run the table. Run the table! And I told him they're not going to make the playoffs, and it's going to be because you said this. So, uh, Panthers fans everywhere, you can find him at S... Ah, damn it. Uh, you're, you're lucky. At I don't remember. Fanatic 2. Thank that you. is the Twitter handle. Exactly. Send all of your hate that way. Just go and slide up in those DMs a little bit. <laughs> Bring it on. So anybody besides Denver, Minnesota, and Carolina, what other teams do we have that are overhyped this year? I've got to go with the Green Bay Packers. No. No, no, no. They not are really. overhyped for one reason. Everybody thinks it's a good team, but they are not a good team. They've got possibly the best quarterback in football in Aaron Rodgers, who is able to keep them in games, kind of like John Elway in the early to mid-90s, like how he dragged some of those Broncos teams to win. But because Matt Mike McCarthy has lost his mind as a coach and they don't have the defense that they've had even back in 2010 or 2011, they aren't going to make a run. They might win one playoff game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're one and done once they get to the second season. Well, I mean, the whole part of that, yes, Mike McCarthy, and yes, Dom Capers, our defensive coordinator, should be fired, but the Packers weren't necessarily overhyped. Everybody knew Aaron Rodgers, and yes, Jordy Nelson back, but other than that, that was it. People just knew the NFC North was going to be pretty much a two-horse race from the get-go, and lo and behold, that that's not overhyped. That's just realism. I mean, to do what they've done with no running game at all, and for the, I mean, the defense has been up and down, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers has carried this team. But, I mean, to to his credit, you know, Jordy Nelson's come on finally. Devontae Adams has finally become the guy they drafted. Uh, so has uh, Jared Cook. I mean, look, it's not it, – Rodgers is about, like, you know, 85% of it. But 
you got to put some on these players in for doing it without the running in that they've had previously. Okay, but lot. how many how many times are these receivers getting over open for these catches, or is it just Aaron Rodgers throwing it in a spot where only they can make a catch? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is throwing his receivers open. I mean, and yes, at least they're not. But that's dropping what your quarterback's supposed to do. But it's he's supposed to throw them open. Gotta, no, but you've got to have one receiver who can get open by himself. They've got no big play potential because of that. Save for these miracle hail marys or single coverage on Jordy Nelson. Well, J- Josh has a point. During their four-game losing streak, I wrote an article about this for WTMNet.com, By the way. The defense gave up 153 points. If the, if the Packers have any problems, it's on the defense. So if they lose the playoffs, it will be on the defense. It will be on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's why I say it's Dom Capers that's the one that should be fired. And lest we forget, like you were saying with the single coverage on Jordy Nelson, look at what the Vikings did in that game. Zimmer had a plan. The corners went rogue. Look what Jordy Nelson did. And I mean, yes, he's not like the tallest guy or one that who can get open all by himself, but you at least have some receivers that can take just enough of an advantage to make Aaron Rodgers just have to do the rest. I think another team here that we're forgetting to mention here that was overhyped for me is definitely Arizona. I think coming in, they were NFC Championship last season. They had one of the they had one of the most talented defenses in the league. They had David Johnson, one of the best running backs in the NFL, and now they're not even close to the playoffs. So you're, you're forgetting one thing, Dylan. We all saw Carson Palmer die in an NFC playoff game, and there are very few quarterbacks who, at his age, have come back from implosions during a playoff game and been able to be successful afterwards. Also, I'm not sure if you remember Carson Palmer when he was in Cincinnati. This is who Carson Palmer always has been. He hit a late career renaissance, but that is over. And it was easy to see how that they weren't going to be the same team on offense at the beginning of the season. That's another one that I had wrong. I'm I'm with Dylan. Our Cardinals were all overhyped. Robert Timdenke, I don't know the rookie's name. Robert Timdenke. They picked. They got him. They got Chandler Jones. They got Larry Fitzgerald, Honey Badger. Their defense has been really good, though. It's their offense. It, that yeah, hasn't if you, been t- able you to take out anything. if you take out Carson Palmer, maybe the Cardinals aren't as bad as they uh, they have been. Yeah, you give them a league average quarterback, and they're a playoff team. Just remember, Carson Palmer died. Just remember, <laughs> we have the ghost of Carson Palmer as their yes. quarterback. Yes. This is Carson Palmer post Kimo Vanohoffen. Kevin Cobb, just remember that. <laughs> All right. That's the only reason why he's right. starting, Kevin Cobb. Listen, <laughs> the team that's overhyped was the Bills. The Bills had a pretty decent start to the season, and then everyone was like, the Bills are going to give the Patriots a run for their money. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Who Did anybody on this podcast say that? No, nope. <laughs> I thought one nope, nope. said that. <laughs> Who? No, but a lot I, of people on Twitter said like the the bills. Twitter, get okay. Twitter also is why Donald Trump is president. The, don't oh take God. anything from Twitter as being like intelligent stuff. Still, I just like hey, hey. When Twitter is used properly, it can work wonders. But you want to know what the first thing I used Twitter for ever was? 
a high school project in 10th grade where we tweeted a story with people around the world. That's what Twitter was designed to be used for. It's when it was six months old, okay? Not what we use it for. So don't give me that about Twitter. Not exactly. I mean, y'all know my Twitter story. And I'm just going to leave it there. Yes, let's leave it there. Let's go to commercial. The Panthers are overhyped. The Cardinals are overhyped. The Bills, well, we'll get to the Bills a little bit later in the show. But there's more of the Football 5 up next. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, look up McCrigger Photography on Facebook. That's M-C-K-R-I-G-E-R Photography. We specialize in senior pictures, portraits, wedding photos, engagement photos, and family photos. Contact us for rates and dates. Would Flex Seal be a better option at your Flex position? Do you need a sham wow to clean up the mess you make after your quarterback throws another interception? Then we have the solution for you. I'm Randy Isbell. And I'm Mike Mitchell. And we're here to clean up your fantasy mess with more power than OxyClean. Check out the Fantasy Football to the Max podcast every Monday and Thursday at W2Mnet.com. It's game time, boys, and we know football. Football the Max is the podcast for you if you want in-depth analysis over the NFL and college football. We preview all the action coming your way over the weekend. And we break down all the big action after it's happened. Plus, we tackle all the big news topics and discuss everything when it comes to the gridiron. So come check out Football to the Max every Tuesday morning and Friday morning on the W2M Network. Are you an arena football fan looking for the latest news involving your team? Inside the Arena has you covered. Check us out for the latest news around both the Arena Football League and the Chinese Arena Football League. Read all of our stellar articles at InsideTheArena.org. Also, follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore Arena. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InsideTheArena. Dylan, what are Blake Bortles' first half stats? 299 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. He could do better than that. He knows it. Rachel, what's the latest on Big Ben's leg injury? His leg is healing. He should return to the game. The Steelers will need him the rest of the way, so that's a big break for them. Eric, what's the score in Glendale? Cardinals lead the Patriots 42-7. We all saw that coming. Josh, how are Joe Flacco and Cesar coming along? I mean, I hate to say it, but they're looking good. I mean, they had a great game last week, and they're only one game out of first place in the AFC North. Don't count them being there that long. Do you want to hear more of that? Listen to the Football 5 every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, only on the W2 Network. Also, follow us on Twitter, at the Football 5. Are we back? Yeah. Okay, we are back. All right, so... Damn it, now i got to edit this thing. Sorry. So last if you listen to the show last week, Eric, Rachel, and I were talking about the race and the Stellars and the other teams in the playoffs right now. And and how this, we talk about how pretty much the Steelers could beat the Patriots because the offensive line is pretty whacked. And Artie but Burns we don't is a have, great corner. The Steelers don't have a pass rush. And no, you can Art, Artie Burns has the potential to become a great corner, but uh, the, you can't say that this season. You can't say that he is. From what I've seen, he is pretty good. He's pretty so now, good, but he's also a rookie. And we, I even said last week that the Steelers and the Raiders could meet in the AC title game. 
now Derek Carr's broken his leg, and Josh brings up the question, how far are they going to go without him? I mean, it's got to be a one and done at this point. Let's be real, okay? Because Matt McLaughlin is a decent quarterback, but he's not someone who's going to win a game for you. And when it gets to the... What? Yeah, yeah, Matt McGloin, Matt McLaughlin. I mean, it's it's all Pennsylvania name-sounding-ish to me. So let's let's go with that. I mean, I, I was just going to say, I saw McGloin at Penn State, even though he wrapped up his Penn State career over, underneath of an extremely dark cloud for that university. And I thought... Yeah, he could be decent, but he's not a guy that I would really want in key situations. And, yeah, I have to say it again. Everybody thought I was nuts when I picked the Chiefs at the beginning of the year. Just saying. I still think you're nuts because I don't think the Broncos are in a state as a team or have any desire to win their game and help the Chiefs out, especially after Andy Reid kind of bullied them. I think the only scenario in which the Raiders can move on in the playoffs is if they are playing a wild card game and they are playing the Texans. Because for me, I don't think the Texans are very much a playoff team, but they get the benefit of playing in the AFC South. I think the Raiders could do just enough to beat them. But after that, when you talk about teams like Pittsburgh and New England and Kansas City, I do not see the Raiders being able, even if they do have home field, to compete with any of those teams realistically. So for me, unless they play the Texans, they have a shot at advancing. But after that, when they get to the elite teams, I do not see them having a realistic chance in moving on to the championship game or the Super Bowl. All right, let's let's talk some Let's talk some history between the two quarterbacks for this possible scenario that Dylan brought up. Texans, Tom Savage. Uh, Raiders, Matt McCloin. Listen, hail to Pitt. No Penn State. Tom Savage and the Texans will win it over them. Uh, uh, let's just pray that we don't Rachel, have Rachel, where that did you on with that pregame where we were talking about Tom Savage is not winning a game in the playoffs? It's not. Hail to Pitt. Let's just say this. That has got to be top 10 worst quarterback matchups in a playoff game if we get that matchup. True. (laughs) Uh, It's like like Tyler Palka starting a playoff game, and thank goodness that never happened. I, uh, um, Rachel, you left me speechless. That, that, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to think. What? Uh, huh? Take a deep breath, Eric, Eric. Eric, listen. If if by some chance that matchup does happen and Matt right. point <laughs> and the Raiders win, I will buy you a drink. <laughs> yeah, make it. You have to make that three, <laughs> <laughs> sweetie. You're going to have to buy him a whole damn bottle, Jesus. sweetie. Uh, sorry. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Hey, so hey, let's, let's for, for, for all the hate fans, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. <laughs> anyway, so let's think about this now. It's Tom Savage against Matt McGloin. That is, uh, it sounds like a 3 nothing game. But let's go back to 2002 when the Stellars and the Browns played. It was the mighty Tommy Maddox against the great Kelly 
Holcomb. Oh, boy. Bad quarterback's great game. So we, we are trashing this game right here, which I believe will happen. The Texans will host the Raiders over the Chiefs. Chiefs will get the two seed. But it could be a great game. But I don't think that the Raiders will lose to Tom Savage. I don't care if Cap McGloin is their quarterback. In that especially with guys like Khalil Mack, it's just, okay, Savage was better than Brock Osweiler. Is that really saying a whole bunch? I mean, the man is making, what, six hundred grand a year for a reason? Hey, can you say that again? I'm sorry, I missed it. No, I, I was saying, yes, Tom Savage is a starting quarterback. That means he's beaten out Brock Osweiler. Look at the past couple of That's... years, and you have to wonder, what is that really saying? I mean, yeah, really? yeah, Savage is making, what, six hundred grand a year? Mm, typically, that's for a reason. Savage is savage, but not savage enough, savage enough to win a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can line up almost anyone, and they'd be produce better statistics than Brock Osweiler. But Tom Savage is definitely not going to be one that's going to bring you far. Sure, Texans fans thought he was a lot better when he came in against Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. And he was. He did seem to play a lot better. But when we look at things realistically, when we go to the playoffs, he's not going to do much for you. It's going to be probably a similar result to last year when they lost 30 to nothing. That's because the... Chiefs had a great defense, and I'm, I'm glad I'm not watching the Texans and Chiefs again because they pretty much get the same thing. I, mean, I want to see something new. I want to see the Chiefs get the two-seed go field. But uh, back to the point here. The point was, well, how will the Raiders do without Derek Carr? They're going to want to play all game, and then if they will be the, what, the five-seed? Because Miami's already got the sixth, pretty much. So they, They're either the two-seed or the five-seed. And again, right. I've seen no desire for... Denver to help out because it's up to Denver. If Denver tries to win, but considering they're not making the playoffs, they might as well go for a better draft pick. And also, why are you going to help the Chiefs after they they were just playing bully ball and then scoring when the game was already decided against you? I so mean, mathematic- those two things. Yeah, so, so mathematically, the, the 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 Raiders would win in Houston. They would go to New England. And I tell you right now, we are not having a tuck rule game where that game goes into overtime. No well, te- way. Well, technically, thanks to some very deep tiebreakers talking about miracles, if the Raiders happen to win and the Dolphins beat the Patriots, the Raiders would go back and be the number one seed. That can still happen. That might happen because there's no reason not to sit Brady. Yeah, at, at this point, it, especially with the way that the Dolphins have been playing, I mean, oh, geez, talk about an extra Christmas present. But, again, with McGloin, unless you can really coach him up and maybe they get that by, it, it's going to be one and done. And, honestly, I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts the Texans game is the one that ends up on ESPN and ABC. Just like last year. Oh no! Right. They'll find they'll find some way to do what they do whenever the Celtics play the Hawks in the first round of the NBA Finals, NBA playoffs, and send that ish to NFL Network. 
I don't know how, but they will find a way. Oh, no, trust me. The NFL has hated ESPN for a long time. And the fact that they're giving them another playoff game, it, it trusts my TV brain on this one. That's all I'm saying. So we're all on the greens here. One in, or one win, and then that's it for the, for the Raiders here? No, there's no win. There is no win because they are going to end up as the two seed because, like I said, the Broncos have no desire to win a game. Don't the Ra- don't the Chiefs also need to lose in San Diego for the Raiders to get the two seed? Uh, no, because the Raiders have a better record right now. It would be if they're tied because they won the t- they got a, sing- a season sweep. Mm-hmm. Then the Chiefs would get the no- the number two seed. As long yeah. as the Raiders win, they're locked into the two seed. Not even locked into the two seed. Again, if the Raiders win, they that gives them the opening to get the one. They would be at worst the two seed. Yeah, so I, I hate to break it to you. We're probably seeing Chiefs, Texans again. Yeah, I was just about to say, do you know what this means? It's not an ugly playoff game I, in Houston. I, I, I tried to warn you. Oh. I tried to warn you. You, you, you didn't listen. <laughs> hey, another excuse for me to get drunk, so what am I going to complain about? <laughs> Oh, no. Why? Let's go Dolphins. Let's, come on. I don't want to see the Raiders the one seed. Because just imagine, the Oakland Raiders are one seed with Matt McGloin as quarterback. How ugly is, does that thing sound? I mean, it, it's going to be one game and then it's over. In fact, I'm hoping for that because that means the Steelers would have a chance of getting home seed for uh, the AFC Championship game in that scenario. That is a legitimate point there. Plus, I can't stand the Patriots, so for them not to be the one seed again, that would make me happy. Oh. Let's go Dolphins. I want the Chiefs to get the two seed, because I don't want to see another Chiefs-Texans wildcard game. And uh, I'll leave it at that. Mm. Yeah, I think we all can. My Steelers are in. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> so are my Dallas Cowboys. One seed, home field, first round, Bob. We got it all. Bring it on, NFC. We'll talk about that next week, though. All right, there's more of the Football Five up next. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, look up McCrigger Photography on Facebook. That's Kudos to Rachel for being the only one, or one of only like two people that are ever truly shut me down with their pictures, portraits, wedding photos, engagement photos, and family photos. Contact us for rates and dates. Dylan, what are Blake Bortles' first half stats? 299 yards, two touchdowns, and interceptions. He could do better than that. He knows it. Rachel, what's the latest on Big Ben's leg injury? His leg is healing. He should return to the game. The Steelers will need him the rest of the way, so that's a big break for them. Eric, what's the score in Glendale? Cardinals lead the Patriots 42-7. We all saw that coming. Josh, how are Joe Flacco and Cisa coming along? I mean, I hate to say it, but they're looking good. I mean, they had a great game last week, and they're only one game out of first place in the AFC North. Don't count them being there that long. Do you want to hear more of that? 
listening to the Football Five every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, only on the WTM Network. Also, follow us on Twitter at the Football Five. It's game time, boys, and we know football. Football the Max is the podcast for you if you want in-depth analysis over the NFL and college football. We preview all the action coming your way over the weekend. And we break down all the big action after it's happened. Plus, we tackle all the big news topics and discuss everything when it comes to the gridiron. So come check out Football to the Max every Tuesday morning and Friday morning on the W2M Network. Are you an arena football fan looking for the latest news involving your team? Inside the Arena has you covered. Check us out for the latest news around both the Arena Football League and the Chinese Arena Football League. Read all of our stellar articles at InsideTheArena.org. Also, follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore Arena. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InsideTheArena. Would Flex Seal be a better option at your flex position? Do you need a sham wow to clean up the mess you make after your quarterback throws another interception? Then we have the solution for you. I'm Randy Isbell. And I'm Mike Mitchell. And we're here to clean up your fantasy mess with more power than OxyClean. Check out the Fantasy Football to the Max podcast every Monday and Thursday at W2Mnet.com. All right, so... Hot seat. We've we've we talked about the hot seat a few times here on the football five over the season, and hey, we're talking about it again. Why? Rex Ryan didn't call timeout, and now he doesn't have a job. Now this is his brother. We all saw this coming, though. I mean, the, the Bills are. Uh, it reminds me of what our former CEO said about the Falcons last year: frauds. He calls them the Atlanta frauds. That was that was a good time. But anyway, sticking with the Bills here. Rachel said they were overhyped. Yeah, they they were pretty much overhyped. They were so overhyped, they had to get rid of their head coach and their defensive coordinator. Well, that's what happens when nepotism goes bad in the NFL. When two people are out of a job. Because, honestly, the only reason that Rob Ryan was still an NFL coach is because his brother got hired as a head coach. Because the last five stops he's been at, those defensives have been tragic, okay? No O'Brien defense has ever been good, so everybody knew that that's probably why Rex got fired, honestly, because if you're looking at it from a standpoint of building continuity, you've got to give him that third year, but if he's, if he's refusing to fire his brother, which, let's be honest, he def- there is no way that Rex was firing Rob, you got to let him go. First of all, I'm surprised Rex even got away with hiring his brother to begin with because of his resume. Plus, it's not just that he didn't call a timeout. You're punting deep in overtime, not realizing that a tie screws you over. Now, granted, I would have been rooting for that just for a little extra chaos, but... When you're coming down to this late in this season, like Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. He didn't end well between his lack of control of the defense, which was his specialty, his brother losing whatever little clue he may have had. It was a long time coming. Yeah, this was definitely coming, I think. When Rex Ryan came in, he said, oh, we're going to be the best defense. They had one of the best defenses then. And then all of a sudden, we're here in the last couple of years when he's been in Buffalo. And they are a middle-of-the-pack defense. So 
clearly with that and with Tyrod Taylor obviously not being what what he expected, at least now he's being benched, this just wasn't meant to be. And, you know, obviously only got two years, but there was a, a good amount of a talent on this team. And for them to be very mediocre these last two seasons and, and now for Buffalo to have not been to the playoffs in 17 straight seasons, I think, you know, that fan base, that ownership group is getting a little impatient. And they just, you know, it was time. We knew it was coming. We heard the reports. So now this is just basically what we expected for weeks to come. So the top... Go ahead, Rachel. I can't say all hail Rex Ryan anymore. And that's that's the sad part. I mean, it. I don't even think he should have been hired as the head coach of the Bills to begin with. Again, um, I'm having short-term memory loss. I think it was just Eric that said... I can't believe he got away with hiring Rob Ryan. I, I can't I can't believe it either. I think his place is to just be a coordinator. He's just not cut out. He's like Jeff Fisher. They're just not cut out for head coaching jobs. Well, think of it this way, Rachel. With his antics like playing Walt Pulaski from the Buffalo News, you'll be able to say all hail Rex Ryan when he gets his TV gig. Because right now, even as a coordinator, I'm pretty sure his name is Mud. And if it isn't, well, then it just watch kind of sh- should be. I'd so watch that show. Like, I'd be tuning in right on the dot. Oh, so would I. <laughs> With our champagne? You know it, popping bottles. (laughs) Too much champagne on this show. So another question lies. With Rex Ryan being fired, and we were were all expecting this, what other coaches should be fired? Dylan, you you came up with the idea, so we'll let you go first. Yeah, I think the guy that's on my list, that tops the list for me, is Mike McCoy, who coaches the Chargers. I think we all know, I mean, I, I understand they were, they had a lot of injuries, and that, that obviously is something you can't control. But I think we're going back to the beginning of the season here. There was those first five, six, or seven games where they were basically leading and leading pretty big in all those games, and they just found a way to blow it. And that is definitely a reflection on the head coach. And, you know, they're 5-10. and ten. They haven't been in, you know, they haven't been in the playoffs in some time, and this year they weren't competitive at all. Like I said, they were injured for a lot of it. But I think, you know, they might be moving soon. They want a fresh start. I think it's time for them to maybe move on from Mike McCoy. Obviously, sometimes it's not your fault when players get injured. But like I said, blowing those leads, it's a reflection on the head coach. And, you know, you should be able to hold on to most of those leads. Obviously, you slip up from time to time. But the amount of times that they found a way to blow games, that's just not going to cut it most times. And it shouldn't now. And I think they could use a fresh start. And they kind of need a fresh start and all because – they don't seem to be heading in the right direction right now, and I think they can start to rate the ship by getting a new head coach. <laughs> Dylan, you don't even have to go back far into the season. They lost to the Browns. That just says it all. Yeah, Andrews just watch them hire my boy Hollywood Jeff Fisher when they move to L.A. No, 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 no. I you will- know it's destiny. The Chargers are the most dysfunctional organization. And do what I, would be I- more dysfunctional than that? Do I really need to remind you of his type of mustache? No. 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 Blasphemy. Heresy. Whatever other words I can think of. Give me a minute. (laughs) So, Eric, I was actually listening to a former podcast uh, the other day, and I heard Josh tell you, Jeff Fisher's going to be 
head coach of the Los Angeles Rams when you're bouncing your grandchild on your lap? Josh, what happened, man? What happened? I was right. That's what happened. Um, remember, dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. Like fire a coach a week after giving him a two-year extension. How's, how is that being dysfunctional? Now, granted, I can't say... Giving him the extension. Why are you going to give him an extension if you're not sold on him so much? You're willing to fire him a week later. That is that's dysfunctional. Pretty, that's pretty ludicrous right there. Okay, you have one moment. Let's not turn the Rams into the Jaguars just yet, okay? That is, a ja- that is worse than any move the Jaguars have made in their entire history. If I, if, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got nothing. No, go ahead. I got nothing. Uh, all right. Well, you guys are going to probably call me crazy for this, but Ron Rivera has to go. Like, it is, is a wrap. No, 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 no. This is you trying to cover yourself. No, 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 no. Make sure the, the curse is not on you. You're the one who cursed the Panthers, okay? Fourth losing season Ron. in six seasons under Ron Rivera. Come on. Okay, okay. He's Let Riverbelt me... Ron, though. You know he's going to take risks with his play calling, and that's kind of what you got to live. Also, we all know that a Super Bowl trip buys you at least two years. But let me just put it like this. There is clearly something wrong between Ron Rivera and Cam Newton. Now, if you're an owner and past trends of owners, usually when there is dysfunction between franchise quarterback and head coach, you typically get rid of head coach. In this case, the Panthers shouldn't. I don't think Ron Rivera is necessarily the problem, but Steven, curse or no, I'm going to drink an extra bottle of champagne because he's kind of right on this one. By default, but he's right. So you're saying I was right about Ron Rivera or that I'm wrong about it? No, you're right in the fact that he will most likely be going. I don't think he should, but the Panthers aren't getting rid of Cam Newton, which personally I think it's time to re-examine that relationship instead. Uh, You're you're being premature on both fronts. The ownership group of the Panthers has shown time and time again they aren't going to rush into any coaching decision. Why else was John Fox there for almost a decade? Well, I mean, John Fox did a lot of what he did. I mean, remember, Jake DeLone was the quarterback for a good chunk of that, and mainly because he beat out Rodney Pete in a game against the Jaguars. So none of a that lot of convolution in that None of that's inspiring, though. None of the names you said there. But my point exactly, all of that was in the earlier days of John Fox, and then look at what John Fox did with that. So I can see why he stuck around. Rachel, do you have any coaches you think should be on the hot seat that aren't named Mike Tomlin? Mike Tomlin wouldn't even be on Get, the- get out of here, Steven. I was just joking. Go ahead. That's not funny. And by the way, speaking, speaking of Mike Tomlin, um, I want to give a shout out to a certain Terry Bradshaw. Pretty good for a cheerleader, huh? Um, anyway, <laughs> coaches yes. that need to be 
tired. Um, I'm just saying this because I never liked him. But Chip Kelly, I don't like him. I don't think he needs to be in San Francisco. I think he's the reason San Francisco went down the toilet. And I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, the quarterbacks weren't great and everything, but the whole team wasn't great. Their entire everybody good except for Alden Smith, who went crazy, retired two years ago. I mean, Chip Kelly getting fired is an obvious. It's it's going to happen. I, I like don't. I yesterday. don't think it happens. You can't give him one year just because you can't go through that type of type of turnover on your coaching staff. It's not anything that's going to lend you to being a relevant team anytime soon. You've got to at least give him two years to see what he can build. You've got to give him his own quarterback because that's what you do with a co- coach like Chad Kelly. Like, uh, Chip Kelly. Chip and that's Kelly. what I Sorry. was saying about Mariota. I mean, I figured Mariota would have his best success in a Chip Kelly system. So, I don't yes. think so because Chip Kelly's system is a college system. And I think and he's got the skills to be a pro quarterback. He's just going to take some time for Mariota to develop into that. But as for him with his offense, I think he can be a decent, not a successful, but a, a, a 9-7, and seven, get you on the verge of a wild card spot year in and year out. I think that's what Chip Kelly can be as an NFL coach, and you got to give him at least another year, especially after the whole Jim Tonsula fiasco that they had last year. Well, and I'm going to throw another name out there. Rob Chudzinski. You Ooh. don't want to... Rob Chudzinski, who was head coach of the Browns for one year when Brian Hoyer, who was, strangely enough, the best quarterback on the team that season, tore his ACL. The Browns, being the Browns, decided not to give him time to do anything and immediately fired him. I don't think any team in the league wants a repeat of that situation. Uh, I, I just have a feeling if your team is not succeeding, then your coach should go. That's pretty, so that's why I think that pretty much that Chip Kelly. But you've got to go. give him a chance to build a team. You can't just it, – it'd be like if Hugh Jackson went winless the season firing him. He had You've got to give him time to work with Lenny Scott. Yeah, and I'm agreeing. That's why even with the – terrible downslide that the Niners are in. Give Chip Kelly another chance. I mean, he can't do work. More, I'm going to wrap up the show up next. Dylan, what are Blake Bortles' first half stats? 299 yards, two touchdowns, interceptions. He could do better than that. He knows it. Rachel, what's the latest on Big Ben's leg injury? His leg is healing. He should return to the game. The Steelers will need him the rest of the way, so that's a big break for them. Eric, what's the score in Glendale? Cardinals lead the Patriots 42-7. We all saw that coming. Josh, how are Joe Flacco and Cisa coming along? I mean, I hate to say it, but they're looking good. I mean, they had a great game last week, and they're only one game out of first place in the AFC North. Don't count them being there that long. Do you want to hear more of that? Listen to the Football Five every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, only on the W2M Network. Also, follow us on Twitter, at the Football Five. 
Are you an arena football fan looking for the latest news involving your team? Inside the Arena has you covered. Check us out for the latest news around both the Arena Football League and the Chinese Arena Football League. Read all of our stellar articles at InsideTheArena.org. Also, follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore Arena. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InsideTheArena. Would Flex Seal be a better option at your flex position? Do you need a sham wow to clean up the mess you make after your quarterback throws another interception? Then we have the solution for you. I'm Randy Isbell. And I'm Mike Mitchell. And we're here to clean up your fantasy mess with more power than OxyClean. Check out the Fantasy Football to the Max podcast every Monday and Thursday at W2Mnet.com. It's game time, boys, and we know football. Football the Max is the podcast for you if you want in-depth analysis over the NFL and college football. We preview all the action coming your way over the weekend. And we break down all the big action after it's happened. Plus, we tackle all the big news topics and discuss everything when it comes to the gridiron. So come check out Football to the Max every Tuesday morning and Friday morning on the W2M Network. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, look up McCrigger Photography on Facebook. That's M-C-K-R-I-G-E-R Photography. We specialize in senior pictures, portraits, wedding photos, engagement photos, and family photos. Contact us for rates and dates. Oh, that was a great, that was a very interesting topic we had off of air. I'm so glad we're back on the air now. And we are here to wrap up the show and talk about the Stellars for some odd reason. Rachel wants to talk about three three receivers she obviously finds very interesting. I know one of them, Eli Rogers. Man, he's he's making a name for himself in the absence of Martavis Bryant. But then there's a guy named Xavier Grimble. I think I got that right. And Kobe Hamilton. All right. So the Steelers receiving court has been a little depleted, to put it. Lightly, there's it, it, a lot of injuries. There's Martavis Bryant who can't stop smoking dope, which hopefully he's cleaning his act up. But I am here to say, and I don't know if this will make Josh mad or not, the Steelers need to just rid themselves of Bryant because, well, first off, if there's something I know about the Roonies, it's that they really don't put up with much BS. I remember a couple years ago, there was that running back, Chris Rainey, and there was some problem with him whack, whacking on his girl or something. And the Roonies cut the cord on that real quick. All right, Ra- Rachel, we can't say that as a sweeping statement because of Ben Roethlisberger and events earlier in his career. So we we've... You can say that, but you've got to make that asterisk mark. They will stand behind players who are talented enough and get them the help. And they're proving that with Brian. But the thing is, is if he goes for another drug test and he fails it, I guarantee you he will be cut from the team. uh, If he fails another one, he's in the Josh Gordon program. It's like his career is over at that point. It's not even a matter of him getting cut or not. He's not going to be... If he's playing professional again, it's going to be up north of the border. Right. So, Eli Rogers, he's the guy that's basically filling in prim. Sure, he isn't six foot five like Martavis Bryant is, but he is actually third in receptions behind Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And 
Xavier Grimble has two touchdowns. Kobe Hamilton has one touchdown. Kobe Hamilton really doesn't see as much time. Xavier Grimble is getting there because of the injury with Ladarius Green. But I think these three are really important because they finally have found a way to build their connection with Big Ben. Because no matter what, AB's going to get double teamed all the time. And if he doesn't, he's going to get get single coverage. And, you know, that's not going to stop Ben Roethlisberger from throwing to him, i.e. the immaculate extension. So the new three guys, these new three guys, I think they are key to the Steelers going into the playoffs. I think in the playoffs, Eli Rogers has a good chance of leading the Steelers in, like, receptions because of how heavily guarded Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown are going to be. That's just my take. Rachel, I love your optimism, but I, I'm I'm not as sold on the Steelers' offense as you are just because of how inconsistent we've been. I mean, only one touchdown against a struggling Bengals team, not being able to get stops on defense, I mean – we have the potential to make a run for the Super Bowl, but of all the teams in the AFC playoffs, I feel like the Steelers have been by far the most inconsistent team this entire stretch. In the air or just all around on offense? Because- oh, well, no, as a team, like overall on offense, because we have shown an ability, but outside of the fourth quarter, Ben Roethlisberger had an awful game when you take into account those two interceptions that he threw. And then, of course, the defense has not been able to stop anybody on third down that's been significant, especially in that game on Christmas Day against the Ravens. I don't know. I can see them making a pretty strong playoff run. Maybe that's just my Pittsburgh Yinzers off. Okay, but, okay, so, Rachel, let's do an exercise. So say instead of the Steelers, we're talking about Phillip River and the Chargers from, like, say, five years ago. Because they were in a similar scenario five years ago. Three seed. Their defense is so-so. Offense, I mean, they haven't been there every game. They're going through a lot of receivers. But when they're on fire, they can put up 40 points a game. What would you say about that team going into these playoffs? So I'm trying to just take away the Steeler bias of that. Well, I think... I think you have to look at the whole picture, too, because if we're looking, going back to earlier segments, the injuries like Oakland having Mac McGloin with Houston having Tom Savage, I would still give, like, if that Raiders team was going up, but I mean, not Raiders, if that Chargers team was going, like, against those teams, I could see them winning. Okay, yeah, but what about the Patriots? I don't know. That one's going to, like, that's where Cause, I'm Because like, mm, at the I end of the day I'm not worried about anybody else about except for the Patriots because when you're a perennial all-star team like the Steelers it's got to start being Super Bowl or bust every year yeah I guess that brings us back to the topic earlier about how I heard Josh say to Rachel that the Steelers can make the Super Bowl run but then there's the Patriots and Josh keeps saying I don't know if he can be the Patriots like forget the pass rush. Tom Brady doesn't have Gronk. He has Martellus Bennett, who's the trainee at the grocery store as a cashier, without Gronk helping him out. 
Personally, I think the Patriots are in a similar position that they were last year. Very, very vulnerable. And if the Chiefs don't stop them, then I personally think the Steelers could. Exactly. I feel like the Steelers could beat the Patriots. I feel like they could. Okay, but would you bet $200 on it? I don't bet money. Hypothetically. I'm not asking if you actually would. Just a hypothetical. Well, it depends on what I have the 200 bucks set aside for. No, no, okay. You've got a guy who's like, okay, one of two things. Either I give you these $200 or... I put it on the odds of the Steelers beating the Patriots, and you get the payoff. Uh, mm, You're taking the $200. It's depending on my mood. (laughs) Eric, we both know you're taking the $200. Again, it depends (laughs) on my mood, and you know what I'm talking about. That means you're taking the $200. For the purposes of this exercise, that means you're taking the $200. I'm not putting $200 on the, the Steelers beating the Patriots, especially in Foxborough. But I feel, exactly. I feel like the Steelers it, it, could. The Steelers could exactly, do it. But exactly. Exactly. No. No. Exactly. You wouldn't. You wouldn't put a free two hundred dollars on it. That's my exact point. It could happen. It's just not likely. Well, like I say, it depends on my mood. If you catch me in the <laughs> right circumstance, mood. I would put that two hundred dollars. Anything that doesn't have to do with your second Twitter. Oh God. You know what? If it doesn't have to do with my second Twitter, yes, I would put the $200 down on that. I really would. You're crazy, but that's why we love you. Yeah, you, are, you are all crazy, but that's why we work together here on the Football Five. So that'll do it for us. Uh, before we go, we the last to wish everybody Merry Christmas. First, to wish everybody Happy New Year. And Happy Once. Hanukkah. Oh, yes, Hanukkah tomorrow. And Happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa, ho- holidays. Happy holidays. Christmas Hanukkah. There you go. There you that, go. That's why we say holidays, not because <laughs> we are PC people who are super sensitive. It's just simpler than saying every individual holiday. Right. Anyway, that'll do it for us for 2016. Alongside Eric Watkins, Dylan Goldman, Joshua Lurie, Rachel McCrigger, Sean Garmer. Thank you for joining us as well. I'm Stephen Err. We will see you next year on the Football Five. The following podcast is a W2M Network partnership production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.